1: Previously on the Simply Human podcast. So, what's the functionality of his movement as he's doing everything? You know, so look, getting an opportunity to kind of peek in and see how's he deadlifting, how's he squatting, and then going beyond that into how's he driving his car? He sit, he, he drives you know, all day. He sits all day. Bam, now we're talking. It's episode 98 of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Dr. Judson Brewer, Director of Research for the Center for Mindfulness. Really cool conversation.
0: It sounds like uh, the name of the place, uh, the Center for Small Ants or whatever from the... Uh...
1: Or from Seinfeld, just like the human, the human fund.
0: <laughs> very good <laughs> actually a very interesting conversation. Yeah.
1: Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Dr. Pseudonym. We hadn't really hmm. come up with the pseudonym.
0: I think that's uh, Scotch-Romanian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My parents were a word mix
1: yeah. And we're up with those single human segment how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? I'm doing all right. Um, we had a listener, Adam Brennan, who's been on the show. He's the one who told the story about sitting there with the doctor while he was giving advice on a vaginal... Um, oh, yeah. What was that? What is that called? Oh. A, a vaginal... Um, You're just ex- trying
0: to ex- say that word over and over again. <laughs> you know, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: A vaginal exam is what it was, and so he texted me the other day and was like, "Hey, that's here's some, he here's something good for crosstalk. And I, I thought it was good. We kind of, sort of covered it um, mm. when we were talking about. We were reading an email in Humans Being Human about this a guy at a at a barbecue, and he was going in. He went into the bathroom. Mm. Didn't, yes, that's right. That's right. And he sat to pee, and we sort of just kind of went over it. So let's let's. There are a couple things we need to get to here. First of all, there is urinating in private. Well, I guess you always urinate in private. If that, Well, no. unless you're weird. And like privately, I guess is what I'm saying. Like you're not like standing on top of a on a stage with a spotlight on you urinating. Maybe you don't. <laughs> that's what. That's how you end your shift every every day. Um, oh, I have a Rick's Cop Corner, too, but we'll get to that. Um, all right. Okay, so when you when you urinate like in your own home, there's a way that it's that people do it, and then if like you're in a gas station, or at a restaurant, what are you getting at? So it's like, okay, first of all, if you're at home, do you sit or oh, stand? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Because it, because it's yeah. what it, it it's easier to aim. It, well, like
0: right now I have me and both of my boys on the sitting to pee method because. Right. Uh, we're not to keep talking about this every single episode but we're trying to sell a house so I'm trying to keep it clean I'm basically competing in the world's complete uh, world's cleanest house competition three times a week and so to minimize any possibility that I'll have to do extra cleaning I'm like hey we are now a sit down to be family uh, and also I will say that generally speaking that would probably be a far better method I wish we had the infrastructure in this in this country to rip out urinals and add more, stalls but i think we'd run into the problem that women have and that's there's always long lines for the bathroom so that's the convenience of standing up but uh in our house we sit down and i might uh, i might be a forever sit downer
1: yeah i very rarely and that's time i got my backyard I will I, I will stand and just go in the backyard. Yeah. Um, but okay. But here, here's here's the thing about public. Is that not normal behavior, by the way? Because um, I get a lot of heat for that when I talk from about who? that. From I mean, oh, to Women. From women
0: is who you get heat from. No,
1: like guys. They're like, oh, you sit down to pee. That's that's. The no, nice no, 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 no. I do. mean,
0: uh, peeing in the backyard.
1: Oh, oh, no, I don't. Yeah, that's totally normal. I've yeah. done, I've done okay. that since I learned to pee. Right. Yeah. 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 Of um, course. Women are jealous. Well, there was uh, speaking of uh, peeing in the backyard. So we have like you know this neighborhood where people walk and stuff, and so there was this <laughs> family like walking out, and and uh, Halen comes, my six year old comes running outside, and she was like, "Dad," like really loud. She was like, "You're peeing," and I was like, "Shh," and she was like, "Why did you say shush?" <laughs> you know, she's like screaming, like, "Why do you want me to say you're peeing?" I was like, "What? I'm peeing." Um, okay, so then then here's the issue with public urinals and this was adams point they uh-huh. they, they splatter
0: Yes, it's, it, it, it's a horrible way to
1: pee. It gets all over your shoes. He he told the story. He texted me this. He's like at this, you know, business lunch. He's wearing like a suit because he's Mister Buy Sell Buy Sell. And it like he he gets back to the table and like looks down and there's like pee splattered all over his pants and his shoes. Yeah, you
0: have to like aim it down directly into the into water. Into the water
1: is that? But then but the water... some of them
0: don't have like the hole where the water is. Some of them have like a pad and Ugh. like a. Uh, like a like a little like urinal mint a
1: smell good like, <laughs> It's ridiculous. Is that what it's, you're? It's stupid. It's it's stupid. Is that like a mint for your pillow? Like when you get done peeing, you're supposed to pick that thing up and put it in your mouth. Yeah. Is, is that how that works? Yeah, that's exactly okay. true. them are. So yeah, because some of them have like the deep water. Then some of them have the yeah. It's it, we, I don't know. We need to come up as a society a different way to pee. Then like women, like Europe
0: I, is banning men standing up to pee in some places.
1: Well, that's genius. Wait, I see like, these,
0: you know, little little like the the sign with like a, a yes. man standing up to pee with like the Ghostbusters slash through it. <laughs> yes. And then like a picture of a man sitting. down, It's not a photograph. It's a cartoon of a man sitting down to pee with like a thumbs up. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Can we all just get beyond yeah. the? Huh? Oh, you sit down to pee. Right. You are a then, girl. Well, then, like I the, would rather sit down to pee because it's. Less messy.
1: Then the unisex bathrooms, like for the women, I said, for mm-hmm. my wife, she goes into like a unisex bathroom. There's pee all over the toilet. They girls don't want to. They have to kind of hover over it. Like so, women have their own problems. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know what? Honestly, though, I feel like I'm comfortable with the idea of sitting to pee in my house, but standing to pee out in public because yeah. that's a whole other set of problems. If you want your ah, uh, uh, see, I pull back it. there. You, caught you caught want it. your rear end touching where a bunch of other naked rear ends have been Ugh. because I think generally speaking, women don't sit with their cheeks on the thing. They hover over the top of it. Right. Like they're, you know,
1: which is another reason it's good to do squats. So you have strength to to stand over a, a gas station bathroom.
0: <laughs> Gross. Gross. You said something very briefly that, uh, I would like to touch on okay. if we're done talking about this topic.
1: We are. And that's what you said.
0: Uh, you said that Halen, I uh, she might've said that and I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, briefly touch on, uh, <laughs> When Halen uh, caught you peeing, and she's like, Dad, you're peeing. And you're like, shh. I'm like, why are you saying shh? <laughs> like when kids catch you saying – doing stuff. So yesterday was Columbus Day, which let's not get into why we're celebrating Christopher Columbus. He's kind of a huge piece of S. But uh, <laughs> we, I decided to take my kids to the State Fair of Texas. I go, to, I, I go to the fair every year. It's in Dallas here. It's not far. And it's always been a kind of a tradition with my dad. And so I'm like, oh, well, we don't have to – we'll take them both on Columbus Day because they don't – you know, Jason's in second grade. He didn't get time off for it. So we drive all the way down over there. We're supposed to meet my dad at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm not kidding when I tell you every parking space was gone because they had closed off every single parking lot.
1: Oh, like I, you weren't just and being sarcastic like you were being – No, political. I'm dead
0: serious. And they funneled you – if you're familiar with the area, they funnel – if you came in from like – the South end of the park, they funneled you like kind of, uh, West on Fitzhugh past all the parking lots, but they didn't allow you to turn around. You just had to keep going for like two miles and then you turn at the light at, uh, try again at Haskell and drive all the way back through that, No, they were, it was basically like a, Hey, you're screwed. Uh, but we have no place to put you. So we're just going to divert you around the streets all wow. afternoon. And, uh, so while we're trying to get through all of this, uh, I'm raging, Mark Rogers style, and I'm like punching the steering wheel, and this guy in front of me is not paying a lick of attention. He's on his phone, and I yell, get off your effing phone! Oh, and uh, my youngest one, and I never swear around them, but my youngest one was like, you said a bad word. <laughs> and I was like, trying to play it off, and I was like, phone is not a bad word. Phone is an okay word. And he's like,
1: no, the oh, other word.
0: oh, okay. Phone <laughs> is a good word. I'm like, haha, I feel like maybe I've convinced you that I didn't just – I think blow out an f bomb like at a thousand decibels, an inch from your face.
1: I think your impersonation of your sons is one of my <laughs> favorite
0: things. Colt says that too. Uh, my older son Jason is very, <laughs> very He's very like, oh, let us talk about dinosaurs. Uh, this dinosaur eats meat, and it's from the Triassic period. And then Ryan is the complete opposite, and he says like. No, 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 no. Why is that car red? And I'm like, like that's a stupid z- question, son. Why is that car red? Because it's red. I don't know. What kind of? What are you trying to do to be here, Nietzsche? <laughs> you sound like Zach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he does
0: sound like Zach when he was a kid. Right, my cousin Zach. Right, 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 right.
1: Oh man. Um. Quickly, can we do a, a cop corner? Just yeah, 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 of... yeah, yeah.
0: We I haven't don't... done one of these in forever. Well, I don't.
1: Way. I don't know if you remember. Uh, on the t- the group thread that we're in, that I mentioned that I called nine one one last yes. week so yeah so I, like we're I, I go uh, deliver one of the, my wife's bajillions of shirts that she has sold and she, we just sold a whole bunch more uh, the world's okay it's mom thing and, and it was in you know north 10th and like no one will know this except for Rick so like but yeah. this may give you context it's like north 10th and like grape gosh did oh, she get
0: shot while she well, was over there
1: so I know it was did me. She buy, was she going
0: over there to buy some crack? No, too? it was
1: she wasn't with me. It was me with with oh, my, it was you with my two year old son and my oh, four year old. Well, Did daughter.
0: you buy some crack while you were over I there? I
1: did, I did. So oh, it was delicious. I turned down. It was. I turned down the street. and just sort of randomly. I didn't even get out to grape. It was one of those other streets. I was just going down the neighborhood or something. And these two people were walking towards me. One it was a man with no shirt. He was not doing deadlifts, so I had no reason to stop and and say, "Hey, man, what's up? I do this too." <laughs> well, making a long story short, he. As I get closer to them, I realize that he is like sort of walk, running, chasing her, and she is crying and like obviously frightened, right? So huh. I so I call nine one one just to say, you know, make sure this thing doesn't get out of hand. They ask where I am, blah blah blah. She says an SUV. Police cruiser is in the area. It's going to come by. Well, of course, me being the son of my mom, the most curious person on the planet, I loop back around to see, you know, like huh. what's going on. Seems like a good plan. Yeah. So I see this a, a police car, not an SUV, like a regular Abilene police car, and the woman is there. No sign of the man, and the woman is handcuffed. Huh. Is that? I mean, is that standard? procedure, or did she maybe have drugs on her body? I don't
0: know. There's a thousand ways that could have gone. He could have been chasing after her because she, like, kicked him in the balls or something, and she <laughs> went to jail for, like, domestic <laughs> violence. There <laughs> literally could be a thousand different ways that could have gone. He
1: wasn't running, so maybe that, <laughs> maybe
0: that was what happened. That's why he's speed walking. Yeah. I mean, there's... No way to tell. So I it's, mean, that's
1: not like it, you know that okay. There's a domestic oh, working. No, gonna, like if you just get beat them.
0: up by your husband, here, let me throw you in handcuffs. Well, no, no, not, that is not standard operating well,
1: procedure. Well, I didn't know if it was like before we figure out what's going on, we're going to put both parties in handcuffs. Uh, then,
0: I, I mean, if 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 everyone's flipping out and you're worried that it's going to get out of control, yeah. then maybe. But I haven't done that whole like, all right, everyone's going in handcuffs till we figure this out. I haven't done that in years. I mean, that's usually I'm pretty pretty okay. good at like it just seemed weird. de-escalation it is, techniques yeah. where I don't have to. Start handcuffing people left and right
1: because it's you know I felt like I was you know doing her a service and then it turns out that she was the criminal.
0: You're the snitch. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna find out who this was and I'm <laughs> going to call her and be like, hey, the guy's name is Mark Rogers <laughs> and here's his address and here's his phone number. Oh man. You know, give me fifty dollars. I will go burn his house down.
1: <laughs> fifty dollars. <is> She's like, <laughs> if you pay me more than I've made, as these. <laughs>
0: You just it, have to top my yeah. simple human salary. Career earnings of $50 and 80. one Genghis Girl Bowl. 87.38. All
1: right. Um, <laughs> but let's get to our interview with Dr. Judson Brewer. And as I say in the intro, this is one of those that I just, I read a lot of stuff about mindfulness and meditation studies. He's been quoted in a couple of different articles that I saw. So it's like, hey, what the heck? It's not one of these that like I, how I used to find guests is I would listen to other podcasts and then and steal we, their guests. And steal their guests. Well, now I'm like trying to find my own guests. And so.
0: By the way, that reminds me, I need to Google what Google alerts mean. You keep saying oh, that, and yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's so. me.
1: We'll talk about it off air. But uh, yeah, Google alerts are great. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so let's just get to it. SimplyHumanLifestyle.com is the website. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter uh, and Periscope at SimplyHuman52. I did a Periscope of me making like my. Three shift uh, post-workout I'm going to
0: start that by the way tomorrow yeah. for everyone who's listening and if you uh, don't know what
1: the heck we're talking about go to the website TimmyLess.com click on the alt shift banner and buy the, buy the
0: book yeah and it's and there's a ton it. of people having some crazy good yeah. like uh, results from it and if you're worried about oh uh, you said to eat simply human foods but now you're doing this. this is not gimmicky this is not a get, get skinny quick scheme this is good human foods just it it matters when you eat them and how you eat them so m- buy the book and and, uh, and enjoy it I'm starting tomorrow the 14th I'm very excited I'm about excited
1: this. too to help you through it um, I've helped a lot of people get started on it and it's been really fun so uh, and it's very sustainable
0: maybe I can put my band picture of my shirt off on Jason Sime's website like you <laughs> shut up
1: oh I tried to hide <laughs> I, hid, I hid that from you for so long <laughs> Oh, man. I knew you would let me have it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Go to the website and click on the store tab. There's all the stuff that we uh, uh, are... Proponents of proponents of, or advocating for all that things
0: that will help you live your most human life.
1: There you go. It's the
0: vaguest statement ever, but I think you know what we're talking about if you listen to the show.
1: So really cool conversation with uh, Judson Brewer. We talked to him today about about uh, Google Alerts. About Google Alerts, I mentioned it. Uh, Meditation, (laughs) breath awareness, uh, how stress affects the immune system, flow, awareness. We we already talked about flow already. Uh, in this podcast, awareness versus self-awareness, the making of Superman, treating mental illness, craving to quit, and mountain biking. Here is Doctor Brewer joining us today on the Simply Human Podcast. Uh, much like uh, a, a recent guest we had on, I have Google Alerts set up, and one of them is meditation studies or brain health. Uh, one of those two, I got a uh, an article sent to me from Google. Thanks, Google. And Dr. Judson Brewer was, was quoted in this article, and it was very interesting. And so I, I looked his bio up and thought, man, this is somebody that we need to have on the show. So Dr. Judson Brewer is the director of research uh, at the Center for Mindfulness. And, and I believe I'm correct on this, Dr. Brewer, that you have either gotten degrees from or worked at Washington University, Princeton, Yale, and MIT. Is that, is that everything? Yes.
0: I'm surprised you didn't run into me in the hallways of uh, Princeton and MIT. I'm in there you know, all the time doing stuff, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, an impressive an impressive list there. But welcome to the show, Dr. Brewer.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so we'll start off. We're going to get into some mindfulness stuff and, uh, and, and uh, mindfulness-based interventions, things like that. But why don't you start off just telling us about yourself. How did you get uh, where you are today?
2: You want from the very beginning? Let's start from <laughs> like the short story.
1: Maybe when you were like start at conception and and go from there.
2: Right. I uh, so rele- relevant to mindfulness. I'd actually uh, just graduated from Princeton and was starting medical school at Washington University in St. Louis and had gone through a, a relationship breakup and was having trouble sleeping. Uh, so somehow this John Kevinson book landed in my lap. I uh, called full catastrophe living, and I started meditating uh, my first day of medical school. So that's how it, uh, meditation started for me. I was, you know, I was very interested in uh, doing research on how the how why we get sick when we get stressed out, and so that's why I was doing an M.D. Ph.D. program was to uh, delve into some biological mechanisms there. And while I was I was in medical school and doing my PhD. I was you know, just meditating on my own and finding that it was actually very, very helpful for me to um, not only not be as stressed out, but to be more focused and things like that. And uh, after a, about eight years of practice, I decided to shift my career from doing molecular biology research to studying mindfulness and meditation because I was finding that it was so helpful for me and I wanted to see what was going on. So when I started my residency training at Yale, I started doing uh, clinical studies with mindfulness training for addictions at, to see if mindfulness could help people overcome these habits and it was interesting because the the Buddhist psychologists were speaking the same type of language as my patients were uh, who were struggling with addictions and it seemed like that was too much of a irony. So I dove into that a bit more and started to learn how to do clinical studies, and found that mindfulness training was as good as gold standard treatment for cocaine and alcohol dependence. And then moved into looking to see if we could use mindfulness training to help people quit smoking, and we found that it was twice as good as gold standard treatment. And then got really interested in what was going on in the brain, so started learning neuroimaging, and we. Did a bunch of, um, you know, fMRI scans to measure brain activity in novice and experienced meditators, and found that uh, when people, people are meditating, that their default mode network in their brain, this brain network at the, that that gets activated when we're doing a bunch of self-referential things, you know, like when we're basically getting in our own way, uh, was very quiet uh, in experienced meditators compared to novices. So, from there, we started studying if we could um, link that subjective experience with their brain activity using neurophenomenologic techniques and we're finding that we could actually link up brain activity with subjective experience basically in real time by using real-time neurofeedback and then started it got really interesting because people were starting into you know describe states that were very subtle and we could measure brain activity while they were doing that for example even you know, we had one person get into flow uh, while she was in our scanner, and we could measure—you know—a particular brain region that got really quiet uh, when she was in in flow. So that's the 30-second version. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, that, there's so much there that I want to to get to. But let's start off. Um, I guess with the first question that popped into my head when you started. And what type of meditation you said you practiced for eight years? What type of meditation? were you doing were you focused on breathing were you like doing a, 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 a i guess were they use a mantra or like what's the what 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 was your sort of uh, initial exposure to meditation
2: i've been training in the inside meditation tradition where uh mostly it's there are several practices one it's breath awareness so using breath awareness as a way to practice concentration or develop concentration and then um a loving-kindness practice, which is helps with uh, self-judgment and judgment of others and kind of fostering this natural kindness that we all have, and then more of a kind of open practices where anything is game as the object. It's called choiceless awareness, where whatever comes into your awareness becomes the object of meditation in that moment. Yeah. So those are the main things I, I didn't, I've never really used to mantra meditation.
1: So are those, where did,
0: where, where, did, where did you first get the idea? I know you said when you started meditating after the breakup, but where did you first, how did you first get turned on to this? Who was the person that introduced you to, Hey, this can be, you know, a beneficial practice for your life? Yeah,
2: it's a great question. I can't remember how that <laughs> book landed in my lap. I really, so it was from a book. I guess. I what, was the,
1: what was the name of yeah, the book? Yeah, I was book. reading.
2: It was called "Full Catastrophe Living." The uh, that John kabat wrote. Ironically, it's he was the one that founded the Center for Mindfulness. Oh, cool! You know, fast forward 15 years or so, and now I, I work here. Wow! Oh,
1: wow! Yeah, that's awesome.
2: And then, and then, yeah.
1: Well, actually, when I when girls used to break up with me, I would like I would just go throw up. That was my response, um, which is no surprise to our listeners or Rick. Um, that was, is not a surprise. Yeah, no. One other question. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of your, your research and your, your studies, uh, you mentioned, you know, you wanting to find out why we get sick when we're stressed. Can we talk about that a little bit? Like, and it always seems like you don't get sick during finals. It's right after finals. You don't get sick during the big deadline, you know, uh, right before the deadline, it's always, you get sick right after the deadline. So can you explain, uh, some of that?
2: Yeah, I wish I could explain what was going on there. That's why I went to grad- graduate <laughs> school, because I wanted to learn that <laughs> right. and understand it. Uh, we've learned a little bit in mouse models about how stress affects the immune system, but we're pretty far off, at least I'm pretty far off from understanding that answer.
1: Yeah, so like the way that I understand it, and this is sort of kind of a 30,000-foot view, it's that is that there's something going on that is sort of breaking down the defenses that your immune system has that then when you're you're um i guess exposed to the pathogen or the or whatever it is you're more susceptible to it because your defenses are down is that is that pretty much a generic summary of it yeah i think that's good enough yeah Awesome, um, cool. Well, let's let's talk about flow. And I know that's uh, something that you are you've already mentioned. You said you you had some neurofeedback stuff when somebody was in flow and a part of their brain was quiet. Explain flow. What is it, and why is it important?
2: Well, it, I, there's some different definitions, but I think uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi Maha is the one that's attributed with coming up with the term. You know, he uses several elements, such as it's completely selfless, so that there's no um, there's no self-awareness. There's just awareness. Uh, that It's timeless. It's effortless. It's uh, generally joyful. So you can think of it as a completely immersive experience to the point where uh, you can even think of it as the duality between self and other breaks down. So you're, there's no you. There's no environment. They're just is if you want to think of it that way right. so that's you know that's one definition or one way of conceptualizing it I think of it as you know basically we completely get out of our own way and we're so immersed in what we're doing that we're not thinking about ourselves you know we're not thinking I'm doing this it's, it's there's just awareness of what's
1: happening right. and, and what happens in the brain when you get into that state I mean are there a positive you know uh, benefits from that that state of flow
2: well, I think experientially people describe this as a, you know, like the most amazing experiences of their lives. And extreme sport athletes will go to great, they'll go to extremes to uh, to get into the state often risking death because that's the only way they know how to get into it. Because when you're we're right at the edge of death, you don't really have time to think about yourself. So, you know, that. That's one way that people have, have gotten into flow is to just kind of put themselves in a situation where they have no choice but to get out of their own way.
1: Huh, like jumping off I a think, big cliff or something with skis attached to your feet? Uh, exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and that's where, you know, that's where some people do this. There was a book, I think, The Making of Superman or something like that, where somebody was describing a bunch of different extreme athletes doing this type of thing. Huh. Cool. So what's going on in the brain? I think is very early investigation. It seems that the default mode network, this network of brain regions that self-referential, gets really quiet during flow. Um, but there are probably many other things going on as well, and you know, all of that still needs to be discovered.
1: Huh? Man, that's fascinating. That you know we've been studying the brain for for many many years, and it it seems like from what I understand, uh, there's just we, we haven't even. It's like what we know about soil. Like we, you know, it's like we have so many things to, to discover about the soil. It's like oh, it's, it's just dirt. It's just out there, but it's just so complex, and even more so the brain. But, um,
0: doctor, what I'm most interested in with all this is you said you guys have had a lot of uh, you a lot of research into how you treat addictions uh, with mindfulness, and that it is just as good as the previously stated kind of gold standard of treatment. Can you talk more about that? That's really fascinating.
2: Yes. Well, we did a clinical study where we randomized people to receive mindfulness training or the American Lung Association's Freedom from Smoking, which is a group therapy, uh, cognitive, basically cognitive behavioral therapy based. And we didn't even tell people what they were getting when they came into the study, so we, we could keep it nice and um, unbiased. And we gave them, you know, one or the other, they were, you know, They were randomized to one or the other, and then, you know, at the end of treatment, and then at four months later, we looked to see how many had quit smoking. And we had found that, you know, twice as many had quit at the end of treatment in the mindfulness group. And then at the four month follow-up, we had a differential of, it was like about six times as many. So it was like 30 versus 5%, 31 versus 5%. Yeah, and what we were finding anecdotally was that people were you know, doing what we were teaching them to do, which is to really pay attention to what it was like to smoke. Many people don't pay attention when they smoke because they're distracting themselves or they're reading something or they're looking at their phones. But when you just pay attention to the smoking itself, it you realize that it doesn't actually taste that good. Uh, we had a woman basically epitomize this by saying, you know, she said, mindful smoking, cause we, You know, that's the first thing we teach them to do is pay attention. She said, oh, mindful smoking smells like stinky cheese and tastes like chemicals. Yuck. (laughs) And so what she was realizing was that that, experientially in this moment when you smoke, it actually isn't that great. And that starts to build a disenchantment where you, you know, the spell of smoking starts to become broken. And that intrinsic or inherent motivation to quit smoking uh, can build because you don't. Have, it's not about convincing yourself to stop smoking. Everybody knows that it's bad for them. It's about meeting yourself where you are in any one moment, and it's usually it's not an intellectual thing. It's about oh, I'm stressed out and I have this urge to smoke. Well, if that if that urge comes up and then you're like, well, last time I smoked, it tasted pretty crappy, then there's less of a motivation to smoke this time, and then the next time, yeah. and eventually that can. Die down, and we can give them tools to learn to ride out the cravings as well. Because mindfulness is about paying attention to what the craving feels like in your body, and so you can break it down into tightness or tension or burning or clenching, as compared to oh my gosh, this is an unbearable craving. I have to smoke.
1: Yeah, can yes. this, can the same thing be found with um, like with food? Um, I, I think you know you get people that are addicted to food, and then when, but if you do a little mindful eating and realize, okay, after I eat this, I really, like, it tasted good at the time, but I really don't feel all that great. Ooh, I think we lost I think we lost, think we lost him, yeah. yeah. Let me try and get him back. Your, your, your
0: question was so terribly hung up on you. <laughs> that was actually the same question I was opening my mouth to ask. Really?
1: Huh. Just well, in a much better way. We're soulmates. You and me. <laughs> connected at the... Where the legs connect. Wait, what? Hmm. Hi there. There I'm we go. Sure what yeah, sorry about that. Okay. Uh, so the question that uh, Rick said that my, you you hated my question so much that you just hung up on me. You were so. It's
2: funny. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that eating because we've been we had a person who was pilot testing. So we have an app now that's in clinical trials for smoking cessation because you can actually deliver this at you know to one's fingertips, which is really important for a con- because we learn to smoke in in a certain context, and so. You can actually learn to unsmoke in that context, and it might even be more helpful. And we had somebody pilot testing our scripts for the smoking app because this is delivered through videos and animations and in vivo exercises, and she noticed that she was changing her eating behavior based on our scripts, and I had this aha moment and started to look at the literature and realized that the same addictive habit patterns for smoking were actually evolutionarily conserved, Ways to help us remember where food was. So we started looking into that, and I developed um, a program that's going to be called Eat Right Now, where we basically take, teach the same type of mindfulness techniques to help people work with stress eating because emotional eating is so strongly linked to eating, but a lot of people who stress eat a lot, which is most of us, I uh, can't even differentiate when they're stressed or hungry, uh, hungry anymore. Yeah. So the first thing you can do is train people to differentiate stress versus hunger, and then learn to write out the stress cravings to eat and eat when they're hungry.
1: Now let's talk about cravings a little bit, because I just read a book about this. And from what I understand cravings, that's what sort of drives the habit cycle, that there's a cue there's a routine and then there's a reward for that routine and that what drives yeah. that process is the craving. And so from what I understand, like, your your cues are going to be your cues no matter what. I mean, if, if you're cued for smoking as well, it's, it's one o'clock. That's my cue. Well, you can't avoid one o'clock in the afternoon. The reward is, you know, something that maybe you're going to have to experiment a little bit to find out why, what is driving you know what are you getting after? You know what's what's the thing that you're you're seeking, and then but then changing the routine is that is that kind of the the I don't know the way that, that it's thought of in the mindfulness field.
2: Yeah, I think that's a nice way to think of it. So I, if you think of what you're talking about is the cue or the trigger, and then the behavior, and then the reward. So think of the trigger, whether it's let's say it's eating. So you have a, somebody. You know, say it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and you usually eat a cupcake at 1 in the afternoon. So it comes to 1 o'clock, you know, that you, you, your, your brain sees the clock and says, oh, it's 1 o'clock, and then it has this urge to move into the behavior, which is to eat a cupcake, and then the reward is the cupcake tastes good or whatever. Right. Well, if you notice that you, maybe you're obese from eating tons of cupcakes, or you get a sugar rush, and then you crash, and you can't finish your work the rest of the day, or you're sluggish or whatever... Um, you can start paying attention just to that loop, and you can start noticing the link between eating a cupcake and not finishing your work. So that reward becomes less enchanting. It's less of a draw because you see it's not as rewarding. You're seeing all the other things that come with it. Yeah. And then when you see that, you can notice that trigger, notice what that feels like in your body, just get curious about it, and turning attention toward the bodily sensations can be the new behavior. You becoming mindful, basically. Right, you become right. mindful of the body as as that new behavior, and then the reward. There's an inherent reward in curiosity, and there's also a reward in letting go. So, in when we are skillfully, you know, restrain ourselves from eating a cupcake, and we realize, oh, I don't need this cupcake, and I actually feel better and work better without it.
1: That's a reward. That re- yeah. yeah,
2: that's an inherent reward that become that comes without the need to have something extrinsic, yeah. like an ex- like a cupcake.
1: And and also the reward could be it's one o'clock, you get up and you go have a cupcake with other coworkers. So the reward may not be the taste of the cupcake. It might be the social interaction. So if you just yep. got up and went and talked to someone, so it's kind of doing some self-experimentation to find out what it is your brain is trying to, to get at, um, which is all, yeah, it's all just super fascinating. It's uh, pretty crazy that, like, we're,
0: that, that we're talking about how groundbreaking it is to paying attention how your body feels when you do X or Y or Z. But I'm serious, it's a big problem because that's probably the biggest problem that I have is that I don't pay attention to how I feel when I eat this or how I feel when I do this. And so i right. if I that's probably the biggest struggle is something that should be the most simple thing.
1: Yeah, and I think the, the term right. for that is mindlessness, right? So we're talking about mindfulness. Seriously,
2: it's true. It's mindfulness. Yeah, absolutely. And most of us spend body head they to walking like around crying. and he disembodied not head talking on a phone or you know like distracting ourselves from what's actually going on i think that happens quite a bit
1: yeah so what are some of the ways um that people can be aware i know i have a friend who like repacks his own bullets and i think i don't think he realizes it but i think it he l- enjoys doing it so much because it's this just sort of he just kind of gets into like sort of this flow where he's just packing bullets doing the same thing I mean so so what are some ways other than you know because we have some people that are out there that they hear the word meditate and they're like ah I'm not going to meditate that's that's weird but like like what are some other ways that people can be uh, aware or mindful
2: well the funny thing is that this capacity to be aware is inherent and in something that we all have and right. it's just a matter of remembering it and kind of getting out of the way of trying to manipulate it or change it so we can be aware at any moment if we just stop and pay attention and so I think there are several ways to do that one is um, notice the urge to multitask put that urge aside and just pay attention to whatever you're doing in any one moment so that's one way to just start sharpening our concentration skills on a single object which is already a huge leap forward no sitting down or holding hands or singing kumbaya needed Uh, other ways are just you know if you're walking down the street or walking down the hall you know he's teaching us to the the Yale women's golf team um, is that you know you can walk from one class to another just paying attention and so you don't need to add anything to your already busy day you can just notice and we can even give them cues to say okay notice whatever's most predominant in your experience in this moment like from moment to moment so if it's if you're seeing, you just note seeing. If you're hearing, you would just notice that you're hearing. If you're feeling your body moving, you would just note feeling. And if you're thinking, you would just note thinking. Yeah. And what these do or help us stay in the present moment as compared to being lost or distracted. And it, it's amazing how simple practices like that can be. You, you can do this when you're going to the bathroom. You can do this when you're brushing your teeth. You can just you can do this anytime any time without adding anything to your day and without you know, drawing strange looks from your coworkers.
1: Yeah, and there's a, uh, I mentioned it on the show before, but one of the great courses um, deals is, is called Practicing Mindfulness and Introduction to Meditation by, I'm not, and again, I'm not sure how to say his name. It's Mark Moose, M E U E S S E. And one of the things that he talks about in this course is, is ju- just like what you just said, you can do mindful eating, you can do mindful walking, you can do mindful driving, and he sort of walks you through the ways to precisely do that you can do mindful sitting you can do mindful anything and i think think that's a great point it's like we're not saying that you have to well you got to carve out 20 minutes in your busy day to sit on a gomden and hold prayer beads and all this stuff it's like you can just be mindful as you're driving and just notice how your hands feel on the steering wheel and how your back feels against the deal and when the person cuts you off like how it feels to flip that Person off with your middle finger and yell at them. Like, <laughs> exactly, which is what I do a lot. But uh. yes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I think maybe we've now
0: solved the uh, our mark our quest for living the simply human lifestyle. I think we're now come to an end. It's paying attention <laughs> to what you do and how it makes you feel, and doing things that are beneficial to you, and not doing things that aren't beneficial to you. So I guess uh, well, now time to end the podcast yeah. forever.
1: We shouldn't have had him on because now we'd have nowhere else to go from here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You've solved all the world's problems. Good work.
1: <laughs> well, you really did it. We just uh, put a microphone in front of you. It really just no, a phone. No, no, phone.
0: Mark, don't sell us short. Me and you did this, and we just <laughs> brought the doctor along for the ride,
1: I think. Well, okay, so before we're, we're coming up on time, I just want to ask you a couple more questions. So, you you know, in some of your work, you know, you, you mentioned that a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. Um, it, God, isn't that the truth? Yeah, explain that. Why why is that the case?
2: Yeah, I was quoting a study that was done at Harvard um by a guy, Matt Kellingsworth and um, I think Dan Gilbert. And what they found was when they they just randomly pinged people throughout the day uh, using their iPhones and asked them you know what they were doing and how happy they were, and they found two things. One is that about fifty percent of the time we're not paying attention to what we're supposed to be paying attention to. And on average, we're unhappy. So when you're wandering to unhappy things, of course, you're going to report poor mood. And if you're wandering to neutral things, you're going to report, you know, less than um, happy mood. And of course, you know, makes sense when their mind wandering about the Hawaiian vacation, they feel a little bit better, they report this. But when you take those in aggregate, when you add them together, on average, people are unhappy. So. In com- in comparison to just paying attention to what's going on right now, so it doesn't get much better than just paying attention to what's going on right now.
1: Yeah, man, that is uh, that is great stuff. And like Rick said, I mean, that is the most simplified thing of all time. It's like it's kind of like the barefoot running thing I mentioned before. It's like that's not some sort of novel, new innovation. I mean, that's just kind of like. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. To walk around barefoot is probably going to be good for you, you know, to do that a little bit. So,
0: doctor, do you have any like kind of uh, any kind of hypothesis about how mindfulness and meditation might affect? I'm not talking like mental health, like you know, typical people in their their mental state, but I mean like mental illness, uh, bipolar, schizophrenia, things like that. Do you have any kind of thoughts about how that uh, you know those might be effective therapies combined with medication and uh, and counseling?
2: Sure. So certainly, you know, uh, as a psychiatrist who prescribes medications to patients, uh, medications can be helpful. Where mindfulness can be also be helpful is where this, um, especially when we get caught up in thoughts of, you know, we regret things that we did in the past. We were about things that are going to happen in the future. Or in, in the extreme case, if you think of depression, when people are ruminating over and over and over about the same thing, those things tend to make us well depressed so you can use mindfulness as a way to notice those thoughts step out of those habit loops and then not feed them and there's great work showing that you can actually prevent relapse to depressive episodes by learning mindfulness in a, a program called mindfulness based cognitive therapy excellent Mark
1: Be there yes, still yeah sorry that, okay I uh, thought we lost you well I, yeah sorry I had my I was talking it just helps when the volume is turned up. Yeah, I have to have your uh, microphone on. Yeah, to there have you have go. Your microphone on. Um, all right, well, Dr. Brewer, is there anything else before I ask you the final question? Anything else that you're, you know, particularly passionate about right now? Something that you've just uncovered in your research, or anything pressing that you would like to to share with our listeners?
2: I think the the main thing is that I'm really excited about these app based training programs, like the Craving to Quit that I mentioned for the smoking cessation. Because like, these are the, probably the next generation for treatment where you can provide individualized, personalized treatment for people at, at low cost because it's right at their fingertips and they can do it whenever they want to as compared to having to schedule an appointment with their therapist or go to a group.
0: So I'm that type that's
2: of thing I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm assuming that stuff is, is
0: on the horizon. Is it something that people should be looking for now or like looking for like in the next five, ten years, something like
2: that? The, well, we actually you can you can get a free version and a uh, like a free basic version of the Craving to Quit app now on the iTunes Store. We've had it up for a while, so it's, it's we the clinical trials. Craving
1: to uh, quit more, is the is the name of it.
2: Cra- it's called Craving to Quit. Cool, yeah, it's also insurance. in the Android. And we hope to have the eating program up for testing very shortly for people to to try because you know research is great, but it's only helpful if it helps people in the real world. Right. So we try to make this stuff available as quickly as well,
1: possible. Yeah, let us know for sure. And I I make touch base with you in the next couple of weeks. Whenever that's up and and you know available, I'll let my listeners know. Hopefully we can get some people to, to try that out and you'll have some, some more uh case studies, if you will. Um,
2: great. Well if they smoke and they want to quit smoking, they can go for it right away.
1: Cool. <laughs> All right, well, Doctor, we, are, we have come to the last question, and, uh, and it is this. What is something you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable?
2: I love to mountain bike.
1: Sweet. Yeah, that's good. Any any crazy mountain bike crash stories that you have? Because most, most of them do.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the joke with my friends was, if you know, if you aren't bleeding, it's not a good ride. Right. Uh, so... <laughs> So one serendipitous one, I mean, I've I've had some epic rides. Colorado is a fabulous place and, um, you know, had some great rides up in Alaska. Um, I was, I just gotten a new mountain bike when I was in graduate school and I, I play the violin and I was the, I was scheduled to play a, uh, several solos in a concert uh, the following week. And I was just playing around with this new bike in the, um, city, where there's a big city park, kind of like Central Park in St. Louis, called Forest Park. I was going down this big um, drop-off, and I flipped over my bars and fractured, dislocated my shoulder so that oh. i couldn't play in the concert the next weekend so oh, so here i was you know i'd gone on all these epic mountain bike rides hadn't done anything crazy and then I, i'm testing out my new bike in a in a city park <laughs> and i uh i flip over my bars and dislocate my shoulder that was maybe you should have
0: been a little bit more mindful about not crashing your bike now <laughs> huh,
2: doctor yeah no kidding no kidding
1: <laughs> oh man that's hilarious that's like i had to get rescued by a snowmobile on a green slope once. Uh, but that's a whole other story. We won't get into that. Okay. All right. Well, Dr. Great. Brewer, hang out for a second. I'm going to end the recording, but this has been a pleasure. Thank you for being on the Simply Human Podcast.
2: Absolutely. Sure, my pleasure.
1: You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Dr. Brewer. Um, anything we talked about, including a link to his TED Talk, uh, will be in the show notes. Uh, and it's, you know, pretty standard TED Talk as far as time goes. No more than 20 minutes, so they're always easy to pop in. And before you know it, It's over, and you have learned something. So I'm surprised at how many people don't haven't heard about TED Talks. Hmm. It's really yeah. Like you never heard a TED Talk? No, what? What like what rock are you living under that you don't know what it is? I've does? never
0: actually watched one, but I know what they are. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I, I've watched Oh, you no, I have watched one about memorization when I was in the police academy. Yeah,
1: was it the one about um, the guy who... Like, I
0: don't know, I didn't remember any of it, which is really ironic.
1: <laughs> that was, oh man, that should be the end remember. Um, okay, so, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what you are feeding yourself in the tip of the week. But before we do that, Dr. Pseudonym is a friend of mine who I has he has some really funny stories and this one is one that I hadn't heard and he I was gonna say his real name and he was like no this is so bad like you need to well wow. and also speaking of that Chris Brandon who we've talked about before who's gonna be on the show he has one that like, he told me a long time ago and you we all know the culture and the tone of the show he has a story that I'm like oh man I don't know
0: like, it might be too
1: much? It is. I, I'll have to tell you Ooh. that. It is unbelievably, horrifically gross. But
0: No, no, no. Don't tell me. I want to hear it for the first time oh, before the show.
1: Okay. All right. Well, uh, here's... Oh, I almost that is his real name. Here's Dr. Pseudonym.
0: Here's Dr. Smith. Here's oh, no, 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 not call him <laughs> that. There's Dr. John S.
1: <laughs> Joining us, as mentioned in the intro, we have... Uh, and we're not going to say what kind of doctor is it a medical the uh, medical doctor I don't know is it a PhD I, no one knows there is a there is an element of mystery here we're going to call this person Doctor Pseudonym and I know that Doctor Pseudonym has has many funny stories uh, because we are friends and I've heard some of these stories
0: whoa I'm friends with a doctor look at Mark <laughs> Rogers over here
1: add that to the ragging montage <laughs> and I I texted Doctor Pseudonym. And, 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 Doctor, if I, actually, if I use your real name, I will go back and bleep it out because I've almost done it about eight times already. Um, right. I, I texted him yesterday saying, hey, I need you to tell one of your stories. And he said, I have one, but you can't use my real name. And so I was like, bingo. That's a setup
0: for the perfect humans being human story, by the way. If someone's so embarrassed and they're like, I cannot attach my real name to this, then that's perfect for what we're looking for.
1: All right. So the floor is yours, Doctor.
3: Oh well, I mean I have I have a couple of stories yes one one's not so embarrassing. the other one reason really I need to be protected is more to protect my wife because she's highly involved in in the second story.
1: Oh. So she pooped her pants that's uh... <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right well, I mean the first story is yes, I I'll go ahead and say I'm a medical doctor so the other. A couple weekends ago, I was at the hospital seeing patients, feeling a little gassy, and so I tried to keep that in. Didn't want to, you know, harm my patients with that. And so, it was early on a Sunday morning. Not a lot of people at the hospital, and so I'm going to leave. And I get on an empty elevator and so i think this is my
2: yeah.
3: my chance to to give myself a little relief. And you're so, feeling
1: you're feeling pretty confident there's no one it's a sunday not many people not much traffic <laughs> at the hospital yeah
3: i haven't seen anyone else hardly you know and so <laughs> i i let some out and immediately <laughs> like two things happen one i immediately realized like this is not your ordinary fart like this is <laughs> This is bad news. It's a good thing I'm at the hospital, kind of part. Like, I might yeah, need to go I mean, get my
0: stuff checked out.
3: Yeah, I might need to go straight to the GI lab. But
0: <laughs>
3: the other thing that immediately happens is the elevator stops.
0: Oh my the gosh!
3: Poor little lady who normally delivers cafeteria food to patients oh no. walks into the suddenly small and poorly ventilated elevator
1: <laughs> with like the carpeted it, um, walls.
3: Yeah. Yeah. she walks in she like kind of mildly contorts her nose and face and Looks a little bit painful, and she apologizes. She's like, "Oh, oh, excuse me, I'm, I'm sorry." <laughs> like, she just interrupted some private moment which she sort of had, you know. Uh, so I this thought you meant she was taking ownership of this. Like, <laughs>
0: oh yeah, that's right. Lady, quit sticking up my elevator, you idiot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was. Maybe I should have gone at that angle, but I wasn't yeah. quick enough.
1: You're so like, oh, so. I do not, I do not accept your apology. I am,
3: I am a doctor, ma'am. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Unfortunately, I still my name tag on, so <laughs> you will forever know that Dr. pseudonym is the doctor who farts in elevators. Well, and so. it's,
0: have, you, have you ever, like, been caught in that particular situation? Like, you, someone rounds a corner, gets on an elevator, you farted on, and then you're like, what do I do? And just, like, make this face like, man, what is that smell? Yeah. Like, look at your shoes like you maybe stepped a dog <laughs> crap or something.
3: Yeah.
0: That's probably have my go-to college. move if I'm ever caught in something like that is, like, <laughs> Oh man, there's something like there's a rotten, there's like a dead mouse up above here or something. I don't know what that is. I think yeah, the dead mouth story is always believable. The,
1: the you know? grocery, like that happens at the grocery store. I'll be like, you know, looking for something at the grocery store in on one of the aisles. No, there'll be no one on the aisle, and I'll let one out, and then someone will immediately come down the aisle, and then it's like you just have to turn and run. But then it's like they saw you just standing there, and they walk over to the like canned tomatoes, and they're like, "Oh my god, what the heck happened? One of these canned tomatoes is filled with Indian food." Oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, um, the other, the other, the other terrible places is like in an airplane you're gonna like let one out in an airplane and like (laughs) there's there's no
0: i feel like everybody on an airplane like that should be kind of like a zone where you go hey you know what we're all going to the same place and no one can get off and no one can go anywhere and if you're on an airplane long enough like if you're flying from here to australia odds are everybody on that airplane is gonna have to take a crap at some (laughs) point or another and so everyone kind of needs to enter like this pinky pact of like hey listen What goes on on the airplane?
1: We're not gonna judge
0: anybody here. Like uh, you do what you gotta do because we're on here for a really long time.
1: Everybody farts. Okay.
0: No no shame on
1: the airport. All right. So, Doctor Pseudonym, uh, it is now time for your climactic story. Is that? Yeah. This
3: this is the climactic story. So I was
1: involving your wife.
3: Involving my wife. My my brand (laughs) new wife. I was 22. We got married very young. So we were honeymooning in Cancun. Yes. So there are are obvious things you look forward to on your honeymoon.
1: Uh, All-inclusive margaritas. After
3: that, the thing that I was really looking forward to was this jet ski excursion that I had planned, where you jet ski out to this coral reef, and then you're going to snorkel, and then you're going to jet ski back. And So I've been looking forward to this. And so my wife and I get on this jet ski, and – there's a guide guy, so he takes you out And um, there's about six other couples You kind of have to stick with the group And so we've been on the jet ski Maybe like three minutes and My wife's straddling me from behind hey you know, And so piece. on the jet
1: ski Talk slower Talks starts,
3: like, starts telling me Man, you know, my stomach's really starting to cramp. Oh, no. Wait, she is saying this? She's like, I'm going to have diarrhea. Like I've got to go. I'm like, there's nowhere for you to go. And so I come up with this plan. There's the ocean, the greatest toilet (laughs) on on the planet. Yeah, so that's my plan. I'm like, okay, we're about to stop and snorkel. and we snorkel, like, swim off by yourself, do your business. You know, Make it look like back. an
0: octopus is inking all over the place over there. Yeah.
3: There's a lot of octopus in Cancun and you're gonna be just fine. So, um, I scare so the crap
1: goes, out of an octopus.
3: She goes off by herself and then she comes back we go to get on the jet ski, I'm like, Are you good? She's like, No, I couldn't go. I couldn't swim and go at the same time. So I'm like
2: Rookie, rookie We
3: are in trouble. So we start heading back. And we can start to see the dock where we're going to stop. And I can hear like, whispering in my ear. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Well, the last second, right before we get to the dock, the guy, like, turns and takes us back out to the ocean. Oh. And I hear this, like, sad sigh. And then it happens. <laughs> no.
1: on the jet ski?
3: <laughs> my, my wife of five
0: days. <laughs>
3: diarrhea <is> on me. <laughs>
0: When you're sliding into first and you're feeling something burst, diarrhea. Oh,
1: my. Well, it would have been better if she had been like straddling you, like facing you. I think that would have probably been
3: <laughs> better. What well, well, no sense so does good. that there's make? So position
1: yeah
0: there's no good position to diarrhea on your new spells, but especially not looking when your eyes are locked on each other at least she can be like i didn't see his face maybe he didn't notice that i cracked all over oh it's
1: like the dumb and dumber he's like just go man <laughs> like,
0: I didn't were you diaries. seriously at that point like all right well i feel like that's grounds oh, yeah. for an I, old announcement
3: yeah yeah, I might as well get it over with. I guess it was bound to happen at some point. Might as well be five days in.
0: So. No, nope, it's oh, not totally not. I've been married for almost eleven years and uh, she has not crapped on me yet. I've <laughs> really? On yeah. We are uh, My wife told me everyone does that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was like when she tells you that night, she's like, Hey, it, it might it happens to all of us.
0: It uh, happens to everyone. everyone. I'll crap <laughs> on you and then the other thing happens too, so. And so you
3: know, we went we got back to the hotel, it was all inclusive. I had like six margaritas did
0: it, did it include like a bunch it. of butt wipes and stuff
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the really single ply toilet paper as yeah.
1: well oh my god so hold on okay i have that's one more question follow-up question did the, that swimsuit get thrown away or did oh. you just wash it and reuse it
3: <laughs> I, I think the swimsuit was burned and can do. i don't okay. think it was allowed back in the state
1: oh my gosh well that is amazing i will post a picture of your wife's a, uh, <laughs> face uh, in the show notes and put it on Facebook and, and then say she you and draw really like a
0: pho- ever, and photoshop diarrhea all over it yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. I uh, did get her permission though so she uh, she knows this is, there's ch- only
0: like four people that know this story so it's kind well, of a big deal well, now there's so like eleven afraid. because everyone who listens to the show has heard it so now it's almost going to double
1: but tell her she's a
0: very good sport for allowing be, us to, to, to have fun with her uh, at her expense
3: thank you very much yeah.
1: Hang on for just a second. I'm going to stop the recording. Idiot, you used his name. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Dr. Pseudonym. That was something. We don't know.
0: We haven't recorded yet, so we don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's say it is funny ish.
1: Yes. Hopefully it will be amazing.
0: By Um, the way, if you, listener, fellow human, have a Humans Being hmm. Human story, we need you. We need you to email your story to us. We need you to be on the show. Yes. This is the hardest part to fill. Every week we have everything filled, and every week we're like, crap, what are we going to do for humans being well, human?
1: And I, and I will say, that, like, some of them don't email you as well, but we are finally at the point where we can say, like, we're, we've always said, if you email us, we'll tell your story, because we don't have many. Like, We're finally at that point where we're like, we can kind of, you may choose, yeah, your, your story may not, keep beyond because we have we've had like like since we, we had the last one we've had a dozen or so people send some pretty good stories so we've got all those well continue can, to send yes. them
0: but yeah and, uh, we, want, we would like to have you on the program uh, program which program yeah. which would be great so email them to simplyhumanlifestyle@gmail.com at gmail.com it's Mark and I am simplyhumanrick at gmail.com and we will uh, work something out if your story doesn't suck
1: make sure that's an R in there and not a D on Rick's um, email Human.
0: are you done are you, are you finished All right, here we
1: go ah it is now time for the tip of the week <laughs> something you can start doing today to be a more healthy human and this is from man i'm gonna butcher. it's from a man huh this is this is i'm gonna this is a pretty funny name this is a fake name thick nat Han.
0: that is definitely not a name <laughs>
1: t-h-i-c-h he's probably like some famous person that everyone's gonna be like how dare you talk about thick not hat about that so it's t-h-i-c-h-n-h-a-t-h-a-n-h thick not hat and this is a book called or a book or a paper or something called silence okay and it's so he listen sensory food is what we take in with our senses in our mind everything we see smell touch taste and hear External noise falls into this category such as conversations, entertainment, music, what we read, the information we absorb is sensory food. Perhaps even more than edible food, the sensory food we consume affects how we feel. And so basically that quote is, and we talked about this like when we were talking about TED Talks in the hot dog segment. Um, you know, what what are you consuming? What are you reading? What are you spending your time you know, are you spending your time like rolling through your Facebook news feed or are you trying yes. to, to read things? That are going to help you become smarter? Are you trying to learn stuff? Are you filling your brain with a bunch of junk? You know, because just, just like, think about food. If you fill your body with junk food, you're not going to, that's going to be a negative effect, right? So feeling Well, I
0: think this goes really hand in hand with our conversation today about mindfulness. Like we talk about, and I've been thinking, actually, we recorded that conversation a few hours ago, and I've been thinking a lot about it since then. And it goes kind of in line with what I say, like, you need to be intentional about your life. You need to, don't do things by accident, do them with a purpose and do, you know, cultivate relationships purposely, uh, do things for people that you like purposefully. Well, that goes in the same way of being mindful. And that goes in the same way of being mindful about what you're taking in, uh, and, you know, in terms of, you know, what you're seeing, what you're listening to, what you're reading, things like that.
1: Yeah, and uh, and one of the things that, uh, you know, again, uh, Brian Johnson, Philosopher's Notes, I've reached out to them. He is really busy right now, and, and we got to know. He's
0: really busy writing content for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, he's busy trying to figure out how to stop me from stealing his content. Um, but he has this, this thing it's like, okay, over the last 72 hours, these conversations, entertainment, and music nourished my soul, and like, write it down. And like, you know, have do that or, or or then he's got like over the last 72 hours, these conversations, entertainment, music did not nourish my soul. And kind of like what you said, like kind of being mindful about, OK, what is nourishing to me and what is sort of like pointless or I'm not really, you know, furthering myself with X, X, X. Um, <laughs> And then, like, are you eating? <laughs> then,
0: are you- it took me a half a second. I'm like, oh, that's me. You're talking. He's talking about me. Okay.
1: And then, like, are you eating more whole foods refined foods? Notice any opportunities for optimization. So, uh, I guess the tip of the week is nourish yourself with what you consume, both uh, f- uh, literally and figuratively. There is your tip. There you go. Uh, the week. All right. Um, Coming up on the Simply Human podcast, we have a doctor, well, almost doctor. She's a doctoral student, Jessie Deitch. Uh She's from California, but is at UNT now. She is an insomnia and sleep expert. We actually, already, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I need to talk to her like now. I know. Now. It was great. I, I asked some, we mentioned you in the podcast, or in the, in the, in the interview. Uh, that's coming up next time. Then uh, That'll be episode 99. Episode 100, drum roll, please, Mark Sisson- will be on the show. We are not kidding. This is not
0: like the Hulk Hogan uh, shack. This is not a bit. We actually, and I would like to take credit, I gave Mark the idea to reach out to Mark Sisson. So thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Gary Taubes Taubes has said no again, but he's always very polite and is very No, your show sucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've heard your show and it's terrible. like Gary Taubes (laughs) who listens to the show. But like uh, Mark Sisson. We'll be a guest on show number one hundred, which is yeah, pretty big. Pretty awesome. We're very excited
1: about that. Very excited about that is, and uh, and that will be greatness. And that let's see, this is on the fourteenth. That'll be October twenty eighth, and then we have hmm. we're booked out until November twenty eighth. My brother in law and his business partner is the guy that owns the gym with him. They're going to come on and talk. Uh, you know, Talk
0: about why neither one of them ever wears shirts.
1: <laughs> like, like n- none of anything they say will apply to any of us because they're just yeah. like in a different. So here's
0: what it's like, uh, feeling like a superhero with no clothes on yeah. all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh man, that must be nice. All right, well, like, go to the website simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Periscope at simplyhuman fifty two. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes good or bad any publicity is good publicity thanks for listening we know there's a lot of things that you could be doing right now thanks for making us part of your day so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast
3: and remember my wife has five days
0: diarrhea <laughs> <is> on me <laughs> when on you're sliding in first and you're feeling something burst <laughs> diarrhea
1: so until next time enjoy yourself